something else. You look so professional, and I'm over here looking like a casual, like, just like a filthy casual. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's very, uh, it's very Backstreet Boys, 99, you know, you look like you're fresh out of, like, you know, like a Hollywood recording. Oh, no. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Do it look skeevy enough? That's great. Just it for now. Great content. Nick Manessis and Kelly Polk are not available, but uh, welcome to DBBF. They'll join us in a few minutes. It's just BF and I, like old times, back in <laughs> back in the MRU studios. We don't have promos this time, but it's good. It's good. I'm crying on the inside. How's your day been? You've been it's good. Been, it's been good. Yeah, I woke up at six. I mean, doing homework work since six, basically. My day's over almost, you know, after That's this. Disgusting. It's it's been a long day. But it goes by quick when you wake up early. Like, it just, it feels really, eight hours is, is not bad. Yeah. I usually wake up at, like, 7 a.m., 8, 8 a.m., usually. I don't know. If, depending on what I feel like. But I could not do six voluntarily. <laughs> Unless it was for a job. Oh. Yeah, yeah. it's it for a job slash homework after that. But... You know what? You have to do what you have to do. Yeah. How are you doing but these offline calls? That. Yeah. You on call What? You're on call these days? No. Actually, I'm still waiting for Conan to send me my paperwork for my internship. <laughs> yeah. Started, right? What? It's it's it started though, right? I don't know. He says he's he explicitly stated that we cannot start our job. We cannot do anything until we've we've done the paperwork and we've signed up for the class and i haven't done either because i i even emailed him like two weeks ago i'm like hey dude uh so are you gonna send the paperwork my way or how does this work do i have to find it on blackboard and he said he said now nah, i'll send it to you and i'm like okay cool just let me know he's like will do and i'm like still waiting <laughs> i'm like he pulled on me again he pulled on me i did this to him he did it to me, I did it to him again, and now he's doing it to me again. <laughs> I, I started this, yeah, I did, okay? But, like, I don't know if I deserve it, you know? I'm just a student. I don't know. <laughs> it's like I'm almost just, June. What? It's almost June. Yeah. You're still waiting? Wow. Yep. It's like, you have to work three months full-time june july so you'll be working till like september at this rate probably <laughs> i mean i got the job but i don't have the job so yeah. but will Thanks. you um hello oh, hey. hey hey guys how are you nice good thanks for hanging in there with me sorry about well, yesterday and everything don't worry about it quarantine life it yeah. happens it happens it's What's, nice um, to finally kind of digitally meet you. <laughs> yeah, finally. It's been a year yeah. since we actually. It's been like almost a year since the festival that we has it been? When we met each other and the yeah. lift off sessions. Yeah, I think it's been a Easy, year almost. Man. Which was was pretty sweet. Yeah. Good, good time. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> Digital Is networking. They, I absolutely. That was so cool. Like, um, I don't know if Brendan, you heard about that. Because, Brendan, you were the cinematographer on my project um, 
last summer or last spring Western yeah. Voices. Um, uh, Kelly and I met through the festival that I submitted to her uh, short film Poppycock was in the festival. And yeah, it's, it's so cool. So like online festivals can still bring people together in the, in the industry. So that's, that's nice to see. It's, it's yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, I have to say, like, I was definitely a little skeptical about it because I feel like now um, one of the only benefits from being in a fe film festival, at least like, you know, something that's not Sundance or Tribeca is the networking, you know, and who you meet and, you know, building relationships from that. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's really interesting. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if, like, there's any festivals. I'm sure there's lots of, like, quarantine-themed festivals right now, like, but I don't know if there's, like, actual festivals, like, the big ones that are online now. I don't know how, how that's working. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of them got canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I feel bad for, you know, that uh, first-time filmmaker whose first time was at Sundance or something, and they're just kind of out of luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. I the whole industry is scrambling right now, so. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. So I'll start off with like the boring, obvious question. It's just like, how's quarantine going right now? Okay. <laughs> You're in Brooklyn, right? In New York. So I know the situation is just—it's crazy everywhere. But I, I'm really interested to hear like how it's directly affecting like your community right now. And yeah. So, you know, it's really weird because obviously this is the epicenter of, you know, where this is all going on and we've had the most deaths and the most people affected from it. Um, mm -hmm. But I live in Brooklyn in kind of an up and coming neighborhood, um, you know, so I'm almost in a bubble from what's going on in Manhattan. Um, you know, so here people are out in the streets, um, you, you know, you see people in masks and stuff, but we don't see you know, crazy ambulances or sirens or anything. Um, but, you know, I had to go out to Manhattan last weekend for a job and it's mm -hmm. a ghost town. It's a very weird feeling because, um, you know, I'm from Los Angeles and one of the reasons why I moved to New York is because of the social life here. Um, yeah. You know, there's a big misconception that New Yorkers are rude and assholes and maybe that's a little true sometimes, but they're also like, you know, if you're Cool, they're cool with you and they want to be your friend and you know they want to help you out if you're willing um, and so you know to see that completely go away and you know to not go to a venue for music or entertainment or a film um, it's it's really sad um, you know so things are slowly starting to get better but you know all those things that I just mentioned nobody knows when that's gonna you know be back up and running again so yeah it's, it's a weird surreal thing i can only imagine i can only imagine it's it's hard for everyone like especially any creative industry right now it's just it just seems so bleak but uh, like the end's near i think and hopefully yeah. like within the next year within a year for sure so but, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know that, um, you know, a couple of studios have released preliminary, um, you know, rules and regulations. And it's like cutting out fight scenes and cutting out extras. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, when I was like a 18 years old, that's how I kind of got started in the industry because I didn't have family members or I never took, you know, classes as a kid. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, that's a really big part of movie making. And to hear that that might go away and not come back for a while, you know, that's daunting. But at the same time, I think that it's going to give people like us who don't have to adhere to industry standards while also still being responsible and safe while filmmaking. Um, it might give us more time to make stuff, um, you know, while the bigger studios are kind of lagging and, you know, waiting for things. So, you know, that's that's my hope with all this. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned how they like completely like canned all extras. I, I want to know if they're going to switch to more CGI for any upcoming films, because, I mean, you can't have no one in the background, but, you know, I'm pretty sure you could do CGI from, you know, remote studios or like at home setups. Yeah. So it would be interesting if you see a kind of a rise in that field as yeah. taken away from others. Yeah, definitely. And I think they were even starting to do that. And, you know, I'm not like Marvel savvy or anything, but when I've seen like big crowd shots and stuff, you can tell when it's like hundreds of thousands and millions of people, yeah. a lot of that is like <laughs> duplicated, even like Game of Thrones and stuff, you know, they expanded crowds. So, you know, they might do something creative like that. Um, we'll see. Huh. That's interesting. I never really thought about that until you mentioned it. But, I mean, I guess it makes sense because you don't want to have a bunch of people in one place. That's just yeah. asking for – that's a nightmare. Yeah. But it's so, interesting that they're – oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. you go first. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's interesting, like, that they're actually thinking of ways to um, still produce films but with, like, new rules implemented, like you said, like, no fight scenes, no extras. So that's interesting to hear, like, the, the industry's still active at least, like, planning to still be active through this, you know, unknown amount of time. Um, but do you think this will also affect, like, where the jobs are located? Like, maybe it'll be, like, in a more remote part of the U.S., like, lower population areas? Um, absolutely. I've already heard that, you know... I know that up in Toronto and Canada was like a big hotspot for people from LA going to shoot there. So, you know, they brought everybody back to LA and their stuff there. Everybody in New York, you know, same thing, going to New Orleans, Atlanta, same thing. If you're from there, like Tyler Perry put out a release of what his plan is. And, you know, he has like a whole compound, like his setup is a filmmaker's dream. Um, you know, he has a bunch of studios, the actors can live there. So he's gonna have his actors get tested. Everybody that's working on the film, they can't job hop their like stations there, um, you know, till the production's over. Um, you know, so, hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that's how it's, that's kind of how it's impacted others. How has it impacted your work specifically? Like going forward, did you have any projects that were just like completely canned or has it just been put on hold or? Um, yes, kind of a no. I had a bunch of projects that I had just finished writing and was about to start, um, you know, pre-production and all that good stuff. And that totally got halted. Thankfully, I didn't have anything that, you know, just got canned in the middle of shooting. Um, and thankfully, this has also given me a lot more time to write and, um, you know, to have a lot of stuff ready so that when things open up, you know, we can just shoot, shoot, shoot and um, pump mm. stuff out. So, you know, right. it's it's hard because, you know, it. Well, that has been two or three months. I, I don't even know now. So it's it's a lot of time. And, you know, you would think as a writer, like, you know, you should produce a lot of content um, in that amount of time. But then there's also days where you feel like shit and like, you know, the world is like dragging on you and you don't 
you can't meet that expectation or what's in your head. So, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it's a battle, but, you know, I, I am kind of proud of myself or think I've gotten something, something out there. So that's really cool. What are you using as uh, inspiration? Are you listening to music? Are you reading? What's kind of like your outlet that you're kind of like drawing from? Um, you know, so sadly, I haven't been able to read as much as I would like. I did read a great book called Conscious by Annika Harris, who is um, Sam Harris's wife, who's um, a neuroscientist. And he's also um, an author and kind of like a philosopher and existentialist. And wow. I really like, um, you know, the idea of consciousness and to what levels you know certain beings are conscious and all that you know weird stuff but not on like a metaphysical level but on a very scientific level um you know so that's been really cool to put my head around um you know i was doing the twin peaks return and watching a lot of great films and then i totally spiraled into this awful reality tv binge um, so I have been devouring, uh, the real housewives of New York and it's terrible. Um, I've like flown through nine seasons in the last month. Wow. Um, it's terrible. So it's like a back and forth. Um, you know, I have watched some like other good films in between, but, um, you know, uh, as far as music goes, um, oh my gosh. Uh, so there's this old seventies band called Renaissance. Uh, that I really like, and, you know, the name kind of dictates uh, their music, but there's a little bit of rock and roll edge in there. Um, one of my favorite bands, it's so silly, it's a Ghost BC, they're a Swedish heavy metal band, uh, and their singer is like this satanic pope, um, and it's absolutely ridiculous, but they're inspired by ABBA and dance music, um, so I'm just all over the place. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Wow. So you're just drawing upon these like crazy, I guess, influences and, and just coming yeah, together. Yeah, just, you know, piecemealing from all yeah. these you know, places. I'm in the headspace that, you know, changes throughout the day. So I think it manifests in my work being so bizarre and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was watching some of your work and, I, and it was actually like really funny. Uh, I specifically, I haven't got a chance to uh, watch Poppycock yet, but I was definitely, I'm definitely on your website right now. I don't know if you can see it in the reflection of my glasses, but oh, nice. yeah, yeah, but some like the, the promotional trailer and um, I was recently just watching your, um, I can't remember the name and oh, your the Twilight Zone parody. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> the jacket. Yeah, yeah. That, that that killed me. That was so funny, and I was like, <laughs> "Wow, really good." Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to ask though, where do you find? Because it seems like there's a lot of different people involved in in your uh, work. How do you find, and how is it? Just like, are these all friends, or are these people looking for work, or are they associates in the industry? So, I mean, there's two things that I do. I have my own projects, um, which is, you know, Poppycock, and then I have another film, Pat and Leslie, and a, a music video, and a couple of other short films. And those tend to be, you know, more surreal, bizarre, obscure, David Lynch-inspired Rod Serling. Um, yeah. And then uh, there's the 13th Floor, and that's my comedy production group and web series, and that's, um, you know, who uh -oh. we did jacket with. And that was like the merging of worlds, like my bizarre Twilight Zone thing with sketch comedy. And, um, okay. you know, working with them has been great. And that was kind of 
a random meeting through um, New York City. I was, um, it was 4th of July. I was hanging out in a karaoke bar and I was chatting to this really cool guy next to me who was a stand-up comedian. And that is Derek in the group. And um, we just kind of hit it off and they were shooting a project and they invited me to be a part of it. And then we all just kind of really gelled together and clicked and we're like, let's keep doing this. And we just started writing a feature a couple weeks ago, so. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's been, That's you know, exciting. great to have that opportunity of, you know, meeting creative minds um, like that, because, you know, I was in Los Angeles for 28 years, and I did find, you know, a lot of great people that I worked on from project to project, but you won't see, and, you know, within Pat and Leslie, Poppycock, I Want to Kill You, it's different crews, because I didn't have that collective flow that I had with the 13th floor. I mean, there's great people out there, but I just didn't, you know, find my posse, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it comes down to like the community. You just, you just need to find like a circle of people that you really get along well with and probably like work well with, but also like in like outside of work too, to like just build yeah. that relationship. Yeah. That makes and sense. And also keep you accountable. Yeah. Um, you know, because there are so many times people will come up to you and be like, hey, man, I have this great idea. Let's do this. And, you know, you call them a couple of days later and they're like, oh, you know, that was just I was just saying that I got something else to do. And then you got all <laughs> invested and excited and then they just hang oh, out to try. And yeah. that's like a common thing. And it, and it happens here a little bit, too. But, um, you know, thankfully, these guys. You know, we set deadlines for our stuff. We meet the deadlines. And then we also hang out and have fun together and get ridiculous. <laughs> That's so great that you already have. You're, like, even working on that chemistry outside, you know, like, in on a personal level, I guess, so to speak, with these people. Which I guess would only translate positively through your films because it definitely seems like there's some relation. Shit, that's why I was asking if you guys are like friends because it's like I don't know. It just there's something else there when I'm watching these people interact, even though they're crazy interaction. Cool. And again, yeah, and I and I think cool. uh, I've been yeah I'm watching your comedy stuff. So yeah, this is the 13th floor. So that's actually really funny. I just randomly picked a couple and I just watched all your comedy, which I mean awesome. they're pretty good. I, I really liked it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, you know, we just like zoomed yesterday and for three quarters of it, we were, you know, doing work stuff. But then the other quarter, we're just, you know, laughing and like, we miss you. We all wish that we could digitally hug each other. Um, it's like sad. We can't be with our friends. But I'm sure you guys feel that too, where, where you're at. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, it's really um, a really lucky opportunity to find those people. Yeah. Speaking of which, welcome Nick. Join oh, us. Hey this man. Is Nick Hello. Nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Kelly. Too. <laughs> we were just talking about basically the industry being out on hold. Obviously, the last few months. Um, Kelly's recent work, and also something I really want to talk about is just like just your so many films that you've been or so many shows and music videos and films that you've been part of, like. Um, or like way back, like in the 2000s, like I saw, like you were in CSI. I'm really interested to hear about how you 
got into was it one episode or multiple episodes it was just one episode um you know unfortunately it's not a really exciting story i had an agent you know i was 21 when i did that um you know it's it's been a hot minute um but yeah that was like one of the first things it was like a guest starring role it was amazing we shot at cbs radford in studio city I was staying in the bungalow in the bungalow where uh, the Roseanne actors um, stayed back in the day. That was really cool. Got to meet Gary Sinise. Um, he was nice, and yeah, I felt real fancy. It was it was a real big set and a, a really great experience. That's amazing. Like I don't know anyone who's been in as many things as you. Like it's so cool. Like what was the R and B music video you were in? I'm forgetting the artist, but you posted it like a few weeks ago on your story. Oh, that was um, a Jason Derulo. Um, Jason Derulo. Oh, God, I'm, I'm terrible because I forgot, like, the main guy's name. He's, like, a yeah. Japanese superstar. But it was, like, one of Jason yeah. Derulo's first videos before um, he got famous. Okay, Jin Akanashi. That's the artist's name. And, um, yeah, I, I had, like, a featured role. I was, like, a music video girl um, because... You know, when I started, again, when I was doing, like, extra work and before I had really taken classes, um, I was modeling and, you know, in that kind of L.A. world, um, which is very commercial and music video stuff. Um, so, yeah, um, we shot in, like, downtown Los Angeles and was hanging out with Jason. I had no idea who he was, but <laughs> probably better that way, you know? Yeah. That's just that's just really interesting. Just like really interesting that you can bring up in conversations with people. That's that's really cool. And also, you were in a Marilyn Manson video too. I don't know if I could find it, but I want to. Yeah, that that one is that one's real crazy. Um, You know, I don't know how I feel about it in a post Me Too world. To be honest, Um, I definitely don't have any regrets. It was a great experience. Um, Again, one of the first things that I did um you know working i was like a fan as a teenager so it was really surreal working with him um but yeah the the music video is very violent um it's called running to the edge of the world i you know just reviewer discretion advised um yeah it's you know crazy times unbelievable that's Mm. so cool it is really cool I have a question. So you seem to be involved in a lot of media. I mean, everyone who does media is involved in a lot of media. If you aren't, then that's either you're a professional in some aspect or you're you're a big name. So uh, out of all these instances, out of all all your experiences so far, if you could just pursue one or like uh, seriously, what would you choose? Like, would it be like music videos? Would you just take the short films? Would you like to direct like a full length feature? Um, absolutely a feature film is the dream. Um, sadly, I feel like that's dying as something that can consistently pay your bills. Um, you know, so that's why you have to take the jobs that you can get. And, you know, now a lot of film directors are starting to get into TV. Um, you know, so I'm open to everything, but yeah, I grew up as a film lover and that's where my heart's at. That's very hard. Oh, that's cute. So I guess I want to talk more so than more so to your experiences leading up to this. Um, you say you're you say you're a film lover. Uh, is there any are there any films that stuck out to you like as a kid that like made you like fall in love with cinematography and or like directing or acting specifically, or is this just kind of like you just grew up and your family's involved in the industry, so you just naturally take it on your shoulders? 
Um, you know, I think it was a case of my family couldn't afford a babysitter and me being an only child with television access. Um, you know, so that was a consistent yeah, form of okay. entertainment. Um, you know, so I guess growing up, um, Beetlejuice heavy inspiration um uh, what about bob uh with bill murray uh richard dreyfus is great and then you know like as i get older my favorite film of all time is synecdoche new york by charlie kaufman um and you know there's uh, basically every um pt anderson movie is up there on the list david lynch um uh yeah Happiness by Todd Salons. It's a real fucked up one. That's one of my favorites too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. New York too. That's a very dark movie. I haven't seen it, but Ben, uh, my friend, or the station manager for the station we do our podcast on, he's like a huge fan of that movie. He showed me some scenes, and I was like, "Whoa, that is." I want to see it, but it's it's very dark. Yeah, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman um, yeah, plays so. a theater director who gets a grant to um, basically make the dream production, and he makes a production based about his life, and then he can't decipher, you know, reality from the play, and it's, you mm. know, um, very surreal, and um, you got to watch it like 10 times, and you can write a whole essay on it each time you watch it. Huh. Cool. That, that is really interesting. Put that on my uh, bucket list. Watch list. But first of all, I I haven't seen your, your films yet. I love, but what are some of the uh, influ influences in your film? Like, director influence in films. Um, influences directors. Um, so David Lynch. Um, Rod Serling. I mean, he's not really a director per se. He's more of a writer and producer and creator, but he really has a big, heavy influence. And especially as a child, I would watch, you know, uh, reruns all day. Um, and then who else? Um, Mary Heron, American Psycho. Um, mm. Yeah, I think those are those are some of the big ones. Thank you, Billy. Great. Yeah, great. And you can see that, like, um, like I think with Poppycock, like that's there's just definitely like a Lynch, a Lynch vibe I get from that 100%. But a lot of your work, but um, like, like Lynch, like he he utilizes comedy a lot, and I think that you have like that perfect combination of just like the bizarre, the comedy, the it's like, it's like you're in on the joke in as the director and like, you've just really, you've really created like a style, like a defining style about your films. And I'm really curious to like to hear how you got to this point. Like, was it always, like, obviously you, you grow as a filmmaker, you evolve, but like in your twenties um, or before that, when you first got into film, like what kind of short films were you originally making? Like what were you first into? And then what got you to where you are now? Um, so the first film that I directed, because I started out as an actor, and I started mm -hmm. seriously acting when I was 21, and I seriously started directing around 26. I'm going to be 32 next week, little timeline. Um, and, you know, I started out with a really dark film um, about a man who's about to jump off of a building, and my character plays death that... Um, 
you know, holds his hand at the end. Um, and so I started off very dark. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just a little too much. There's got to be, like, some levity in, in there. Um, and then I, like, started to be a little bit more self-aware. And I think that's where the comedy came in. Um, and again, with David Lynch, like, you look at Twin Peaks, and I, when I watched Twin Peaks the first time, I was like, God, what? is this because I didn't understand that he was like self-aware you know of what's going on and it's kind of like a parody of soaps um and so you know once I had that realization that kind of brought me to putting more comedy and levity in there that's cool yeah yeah Dane's been trying to get me to watch David Lynch like I have watched some of his stuff but I I just don't get him I don't know like I, I appreciate yeah, I appreciate like everyone's like like harping on him and then like you just don't understand it. But I think this may like cast him in a new light that I previously didn't understand. But I mean, Dane Dane's a huge David Lynch fan, and we've talked about him multiple times on on our show. I have yet to watch. One of the things that I love about him is I don't understand what he's saying half the time, which I think <laughs> is such a cool gift in a way to give to the audience because you're like you can make it whatever you want. Yeah. Um, you know, the of course, like the artist and the author already has the intention, and that's something that I sometimes do with my films is try and leave it like open ended and not tell you how it ended. Like I like hearing how you think that it ended, and so I think that's kind of why I'm drawn to those more bizarre uh, filmmakers like Lynch, because um, you can have it end however you want to in a way. <laughs> now, now maybe I, I understand. If, if I see, like, an element of, like, a parody of reality TV in your next short films, I'll get why. Because <laughs> you've been into it recently, so you could, yeah. you know, You'll have the some soap and you could parody, parody some reality TV. Which you have, actually, in one of your short films. Didn't you kind of... We use... did, like, an intervention parody. Yeah, intervention. Um, yeah. Bucket Lovers Anonymous. But instead of being addicted to drugs... Um, He's addicted to pooping in buckets, <laughs> yeah. and uh, his family has to intervene, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was too good. That was so funny. I love that. I had, I had another question, but I, I forgot it, uh, unfortunately. Uh, hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. Like I, kept, I kept thinking about the actor. I kept thinking about the actor who played uh, the actress who played uh, his sister. And her accent <laughs> just killed me. me. That was like, me. Like, that was you. Yeah, I was wearing a blonde wig. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, I didn't even recognize. <laughs> Thank I you. Think... That's a great compliment. That's a good. That's a compliment. Wow. That's exactly what you want. <laughs> now my mind is blown now i can't stop thinking about it That's <laughs> that is great oh that accent was so perfect in your work do you typically employ i haven't watched everything but i do you typically employ like a lot of accents like when you're uh, creating a new character or or like i guess trying to be like a different version of yourself maybe not an entirely new character um, yeah, yeah. In the, I guess it's like project specific. Um, in my personal work, 
I try, I tend to stay close to, you know, how I sound and haven't really ventured off into accents. But with comedy, I feel like, you know, that's the place to go for it and you can fall and it's excusable. Whereas drama, you don't have a little as much as forgiveness. Um, So, yeah, you know, sometimes you're just bored and you just start talking to yourself and a voice comes out that you haven't heard before. And you're like, okay, this is good for a character. Let's put it in the bank. Uh, you know, just being ridiculous. That, that actually reminds me. Thank you so much for bringing that up because that was really what you can definitely relate. To yeah. Act, to <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll touch on that later. <laughs> uh, so, so when it comes to writing comedy, uh, I've, I've been trying to get into writing for a hot minute now and I, I want to do more comedy, but I feel like my idea of comedy is very niche and what I've done, it, I, I don't know. So I try to be more like commercial and try and like appeal to like a, a greater audience. Maybe not so much, not not so much on like personal jokes and people that I know intimately, but like anyone can understand, right? Uh-huh. So I, you know, I was reading a lot about you know how writers kind of attempt this, and everyone kind of says a different thing. And like comedy is like super hard because even if you write something funny, it's all about like the tone, it's all about the delivery. You know, and maybe even a little bit about the editing, like everything has to come together perfectly. And then that's how you get like a good joke, you know, at the end of the day. I just wanted to know some of your like hear you speak to some of these experiences when writing comedy and kind of how what what is your approach to, you know, making your work actually like so good. <laughs> and so. Well, shit, like, shit, thanks. Good. Um, so. I try and make sure that it's as funny as it can be at each stage that it is. So I won't like let a script go up there half funny and then expect the editor to make it funny or somebody else to do that job. So like annoyingly, I have like high expectations and will, you know, rewrite with people or make them rewrite or rewrite myself, you know, um, maybe to some people thinking that it's too much. But, you know, when you say stuff like that, obviously it pays off, you know. And then so in the editing room, it's the same thing. Like, you don't let it go until you're, like, absolutely happy with it. You know, you always look back at your work and think you can do something better. But at that time, you just you try and do the best you do to make it as funny as possible and um, don't take anything for granted. Yeah, that's true. Are you a perfectionist when it comes to your work? Like, do you, like, are you, like, Stanley Kubrick? Like, just get it. We're not doing this. We're not stopping until we do this, like, properly. Yes, but hopefully not in a maniacal way. Um, (laughs) You know, I I like to think I'm somewhat level-headed and, you know, decent. Um, So, yeah, I mean, integrity is what everything's all about, and having integrity in your art and just being 100% proud of it. Um, So, yeah, I want to make sure that everybody feels that way um at every step of the way of production yeah I'm, oh nick you go you finish first no 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 no, no. i've been talking way too much you go man <laughs> and to add about the whole comedy bit and um, see by the way um i'm all i have many film ideas by the way and a thing i i'm kind of iffy about is trying to find levity in some serious moments so in in writing your films how would you find that like trying to balance both comedy and drama at the same time Ooh, that's a good question i'm trying to think how i'm going to articulate this um 
I guess I don't think about that when I'm writing first. I think about what's happening in the story. What's the objective? What's the resolution? What's the climax? What's the ending? I get that settled. And then I'd be like, okay, this part's funny. How can we make it funnier? This part isn't funny. How can we make it funny? This part sucks and is ridiculous. How do we take it back? Um, and kind of go from there. So also don't judge yourself too hard, um, you know, because sometimes it won't be funny on the first try. And also sending it out to people who you trust and friends um, who can back you up. And also with that said, you know, everybody will give you their advice um, and just be choosy with that. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, a tough line. But yeah, um, don't be too hard of your, on yourself and, and just do it. And I'm sure something will come from that. Yeah. I mean, Dane can really pay off and take a, take this advice to heart because he actually does a, he does music on the side, you know, when he's not filming and he hasn't released anything as of recent. <laughs> and I'm just like, Dane, you don't have to take it too seriously or take it too hard. I mean, like we won't judge you just as long as you post it for everyone to see. Yeah. Get it out there. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get advice. that. Like, yeah. Wanting to be precious with it and, you yeah. know, feeling a certain way. But, you know, I like to, th and, you know, I'm not going to tell you how you feel, but a lot of people, you know, make art to share with people. Yeah. You know, totally. Yeah. That's what about it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, um, I guess it's balancing, like, consistency with um, just actually feeling like you believe in your what you've created like like I, I create stuff and then maybe it's just a work in progress and it's like do I share this with people but I've heard from some people like they actually they enjoy that like they enjoy like seeing you grow and like practice uh, as like a fan or as like a friend in your social circle like they like to see yeah. maybe you playing around with an idea workshopping it and that's something I don't do enough like I try to like have something that I'm like okay it's completed now I can share it with people but I don't take enough people maybe like behind the scenes with me to like show them what I'm actually doing or get their opinions. So do you ever do that? Like, do you, do you like reach out to like a close friend and say, tell me your opinion on this idea I have, or do you just like hold your opinions yeah. or hold your work really close to your heart and just kind of, I, I'm just curious to see what you do with like a new idea. Um, oh, I always send it out to people oh, and good. like, I'm, a, I'm very self-conscious at first. And I'm like, yeah. is this worth like going through? And then sometimes people will say no. And that's kind of like, oh, you No, I need to do this. Um, you know, <laughs> so sometimes you need to hear people say no in order for you to have that yes to go. Um, right. yeah. But yeah, I mean, also for quality control, I do have a couple of really trusted, you know, film professionals that I like to share my work with. And again, with the same thing, sometimes they'll send me notes back that are great. And I'm like, wow, you know, your notes saved the script. And then sometimes they're like, fix this. And I'm like, okay, no, I don't need to fix that. And here's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting point. It is such a collaborative process, especially like if you, especially film, like that's, you need hands, you need extra people there to to make it possible so i think yeah for for filmmaking i think i need to start really reaching out a little bit more to people um it just seems like it it benefits you more than hinders you just yeah. people. 
absolutely because then it also gives you some accountability because sometimes you know those people will be like hey so what's going on with that script that i gave you notes about are you doing it or is it just sitting on the shelf and i wasted all my energy you know <laughs> exactly um, yeah i think I think the most famous example of, you know, releasing something that, that wasn't finished is, has got to be, it, this isn't film related, but, you know, video games, films have been made about it, um, is, is Minecraft. Minecraft was, the video game was released uh, in, like, alpha state before it was even in the beta, before it was even fully released. It was, like, I think a year or two years, and that actually, like, fostered a community around it. And then, so when it was actually finally released, it had such a massive following, and it's been, like, I think one of the number one selling or played video games in all over time. And one of the highest grossing too, just behind like Grand Theft Auto, which blows my mind. Cause you're, you're talking about like unfinished projects, like, Hey guys, I haven't really done much, but here's this. And then people just like get involved and then they recommend stuff and they're like, you could do this better. You could do this better. But having like, it's not just like limited to friends or family. It's like the whole world. And it's kind of being, you're like exposing so much of yourself because you're like, I put so much effort and time into this. And then just to be like, and have that like warm reception and then like propel you forward for your final release blows my mind. But yeah, that's just one success story. Like, you know, I, it kind of applies to film, not really, uh, because, you know, films, little shorts have been made about Minecraft and everything else. But I, I just think it's interesting because, you know, even you, Dane, with your career, with your music, uh, you release them as demos, right? You're, like, not expecting, like, a full track release. Yeah. But, I mean, still something. And, you know, you're getting the community involved, um, however limited it may be. But, I mean, everyone's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, with, like, short films at times, too, like, you could spend, like, many more hours editing it, trying to perfect it. But at a certain point, you just have to just say, okay, I need to just get it out there. I just yeah. need to, to separate myself from it a little bit, move on, at least for me. Like, um, and in some ways you could say like, yeah, like my recent, like the recent short that uh, Brendan was involved in, like that was kind of unfinished. Like we wanted to do additional stuff in post, but we didn't because coronavirus happened. We saved on university computers. We can't access them. So like stuff like that happens. You just have to like sometimes realize like, you know, it's unfinished and we'll realize that, but will everyone else realize it? I don't know. Like, yeah, they might, they might have they no idea. <laughs> and I think it's the greatest thing in the world too. Yeah. yeah. You never Maybe you never know. Now everyone knows that it's, it wasn't completely finished, but yeah. oh, well. that's up the bag. <laughs> it happens. I guess but, yeah. as long as you keep like this open-minded, positive attitude going forward, like, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? You just do it again or you just go from there, you know, like yeah. nothing's it's not the end of the world. Uh, I think so. Uh, it's, it's easy to replicate again. And, you know, there's nothing really lost from this except for a little bit of your time. But even then, you could say that you use that to grow, you know, because you're always learning. So you didn't lose anything. Absolutely. You gained experience. Yeah. Yeah. Most important experience, yeah, matters more than anything. Just, just the actual process of like building that like muscle memory of like doing something, like whether that's just like learning a camera, like the, the buttons and everything. Like you just have to go and do it at a certain point, and just yeah, just get your hands dirty, I guess. But um, yeah. But what's the situation like in in New York right now? Like for example, for you, let's say. Like, are you able to edit from home right now? Like, are you, do you have like a home studio 
that you can still like work on film making? So I don't edit. I am not okay. technical. I don't even shoot my own stuff. So I am more of a yeah. creative. I'm a director, writer, yeah. producer, actor. Um, so mm -hmm. thankfully, I I know you know people that I trust that can do that. Um, so they do it from their homes, um, <laughs> you know. But I'm sitting here with an archaic laptop um, that doesn't even have a webcam. I can't even zoom people on my laptop. <laughs> I have to do it on my phone, and then I'm like swiping through when it's like you know yeah you know it's like yeah. too many people, and then you look like an old grandma or something no point in it. <laughs> but i can write as much as i want you know that I got, I got that yeah going. yeah so like i know like you might not want to like tell everyone what you're actively working on but like what are you working on right now like how many projects do you have <laughs> um, so subtle things i love it some secrets, but now i'm i'm you know i'm here um so I'm working on two things that are obviously kind of like stunted right now. Um, mm -hmm. So I have a new personal project, a new short film that I've written and directed. Um, and I'm working on with my friend, um, Stephen Jordan, who lives in Puerto Rico and is also a filmmaker. Um, and that is about a plant horse story. And it's about um, the underground subculture of plants and plant buying. And I didn't mm -hmm. know about this until um, my friend started getting really obsessed with this whole world and gave himself, you know, the hashtag plant daddy and is like, you know, binning on all these weird plants. And I'm like, okay, this could be a really weird story. Um, and then, you know, my, my friend's like, you know, normal, but I wanted to um, really dramatize his character. And so it's about people who are consumed with plants and in the end, they are consumed by plants. Oh, um, oh. oh that's so, cool. So, um, yeah. spoiler alert. Um. <laughs> so, that's would, awesome. do you say that most of your projects kind of revolve around the mantra, uh, write what you know? You're like, it's all your personal experiences, but there's like a little exaggeration, you know? Um, you know, I think that happens to kind of be by chance um, that, yeah, like a lot of my personal stuff is something that I've experienced. And then I take that and just really heighten it and put all like decorate it up. So it's not my life anymore. Yeah. It's just characters. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also writing a feature with the 13th floor and that is not personal whatsoever. It's great. It's about an alien drag queen that gets sent to earth to study humans. And uh, she stays at this really hotel and the only channel she can get on the TV is channel 13 and she keeps flipping channels and it's like a news story. So oh, no. we're working on over there. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Sorry, I just concepts. Oh, yeah. just so, so out there. They're amazing. <laughs> I have a question about that, Kelly. Um, uh, another thing, uh, I kind of like, I kind of um, if you about, I have. By the way, I have no filmmaker experience. I'd love to be one, by the way. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, man. I agree. You have experience, Nick. You're mm. writing so many films right now. You're... <laughs> Thanks. Screenwriting so much right now. That's, yeah, that's good. Well, in a way, I that's some consolation with you. Um, a thing about when writing uh, stories for films, I usually tend to like find, well, watch other films for you know inspiration. Like, in a way, add a bit of a plot from that film to what I'm writing. So, 
how do you find it, like trying to write an original story, one that isn't from somewhere else, but more from your imagination? Um, so that is that is a way you can do it, um, you know, and draw a general inspiration, but don't tell that same story. Um, you know, reading books, reading short stories, um, songs, music. Um, stand-up comedy, um, you know, those are like places that aren't internal that you could possibly draw inspiration from. Even art, like go to a museum, look at a painting, like what does that story tell you and write about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, it's all around you, you just have to, just have to find something that speaks to you and yeah, go from what there. Speaks, like, what speaks I have to you? This, oh, sorry. Oh, no, you can go. No, I was just going to say, I have this really great production teacher that told me, um, you are infinitely talented. Um, whenever you have writer's block, like that block will go. Just write something. Just start writing. The dog walks across the street. Um, you're infinitely mm. creative. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Absolutely. I forgot what my question was to you, Dane, but what, 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 what's your creative outlet? Right now, are you writing, or are you doing music, or I, I think you're busy with school, but how do you express yeah, it? Yeah, right now I'm just like, I'm still in the midst of school and work, but I, that's just an excuse. I should be doing stuff. But I mean, like, I have been, like, practicing, you know, mixing some stuff, some music. Um, I'm starting, like, I want to go back and, like, all my footage of my travels the last three years and finally do something with it um channel or something but it's just it's just like finding time right now but i mean i'm just making excuses. i'm just making excuses i can i have the time but it's just I, I guess you just have to find like the just the motivation just like just to do it yeah, yeah. i don't know motivation just, super important you just it's so right off now. right now i don't know if it's just yeah it's just hard to like think of anything that's like not like i don't know it's just it's just so immediate like everything just feels immediate like there's no like future so it's like hard to like imagine like what i can do when this ends because i don't know what that landscape will look like and i don't know but you just have to roll with it and just do something just do something because yeah. no one knows the future right now like it's just up in the air so yeah yeah what I think, you know, I struggled with that too, but what I tried to do is like get other people to like to hold me accountable and like me accountable for them. And then it's kind of like this, this fake pressure, but it like still gets you in that mindset because like when I was like, when we were still in school and we were just doing everything and like, it just felt like I couldn't even breathe or like eat without like being like, you should be studying for your exams or like something stupid. Uh, it just like, it was so much and I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, man, I wish I had like all the free time in the world to do like what I want to do. And now I was given that opportunity and now I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, I have tomorrow. Right. <laughs> so, but then I, but then I kept saying that and like, I spent like the first month of quarantine, just like taking it easy. And, you know, I mean, that's important too, but like, you gotta, you gotta do something. So I, I kind of brought people in on, you know, my social circle and I was like, okay, guys, we can do this. We can really like push ourselves to be become greater because otherwise I feel like if I don't leave this quarantine with like something that I've like worked on besides you know I have started to work on my fitness and stuff like that but I want to do more creative endeavors 
And, you know, it's, it's, it's a work in progress, but, you know, I want to leave this quarantine with like, at least like a full short film script or anything, music video idea that I can fully produce once I'm out. But until then, like, I'm just shaming myself day in, day out. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. More to that, Brendan, because, um, see, another thing about being here in quarantine, I have been trying to do new things as well, like music. By the way, I have no, I had no musical experience before whatsoever. So I've been trying just basically trying practicing how to sing or playing the piano or writing, writing songs. So, and by the way, and, and Dane here is the one who gives me that motivation as well. Oh, look at that, Dane. You give me that motivation. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just need that, like, bond between a group of people just to, you know, Agreed. remind you, like, you need to start doing that. Like, Brennan, you're doing that for me, so I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Every <laughs> week, I'm like, oh, this guy. <laughs> and it, might, it might be a little annoying, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. it. I think I'm gone. Yeah. Am I gone? Totally. And the thing is, when... Are you annoying? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I, I was trying to talk, but it was just—I kept lagging, and I was like, and then I stopped, and then I try and talk again, and then I lag. Like, Did you ask if you're annoying? No. Oh, I thought you asked. No. Am I annoying? Am I annoying? No, I was going somewhere with that. I—I I don't remember. <laughs> I keep forgetting what I'm going to ask. Oh. And um, something oh, else. The, the new things I'm trying to do, like, uh, like music, those things, something I have, I'm kind of, I'm getting better at it, but kind of struggling with a bit is patience, basically, because I, I expect that I, I can master this already, like, with a snap of my fingers, and, uh, that I realize that these kind of things, you know, they just take, take time, just keep doing it, and yeah. who knows, maybe you'll, you'll be, be on the same level as Dane McLean and Brendan Flarsky. <laughs> that's great that's great yeah. that's, that'll be easy Hopefully. don't worry that's very easy yeah. <laughs> doesn't take much yeah you just gotta you just gotta keep doing it like yeah, yeah. don't be hard on yourself I'm I didn't go to yeah. film school I'm uh, I was taught as an actor I went to a repertory theater for about six years and I took production classes and filmmaking classes but I didn't go to a formal film school my film school was YouTube like, yeah. literally, like, how to direct, you know, how to make a shot list. So I also had friends who were directors that also, you know, gave me pointers and I had conversations with, but it yeah. was all in my control and I didn't have to spend any money doing it. That's so true. That's really cool. Do you have, uh, do you have experience talking with uh, people who did go to film school? Um, yeah, I, I do. And I, you know, annoyingly pick their brain uh, when I need it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they... Really, you know, I thank them, you know, for giving me the confidence to direct um, yeah. and yeah. teaching me those essential things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was talking to a lot of people, and you know, in the industry, and they and some people like swore against it, and some people said, "Well, you know, going to film school is great because that's where you build connections, especially with the professors." Other people were like, "Yeah, I mean, depending on which film school you go to, because." Uh, me and Dane were looking at one that was like a hundred thousand a year, and we we're just like, "What? A hundred thousand? Okay, yeah, no." Uh, I mean, then, I think. You know, oh, sorry, you oh, can go. Oh no, I was gonna say, I think this day and age, it's not like we're working with film like we were, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. Um, 
So thankfully, a lot of that stuff can be taught digitally, and you don't need to sit in a classroom and pay $100,000 to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, our university yeah, like, is, uh, it's it's yeah. reasonable. Like, it's definitely reasonable in Canada, like, the tuition. There are more expensive universities, for sure. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, like, my, my personal perspective was, like, just just go to school, just do something you enjoy, make it work for you, and, yeah, just, like, just work as much outside of class. Just, like, take what you learn from class, try to, like, learn from it, but, like, most of your learning experiences will come from outside of class. Like, it doesn't matter what job you're in or what, yeah. what you're studying or studying to become. Like, most of it is just hands-on, just going out and doing it. So, um, yeah, like, YouTube for sure. Like, that's just endless amount of educational material there for anything, and especially for film. So, it's so invaluable. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched uh I don't know if you guys are into like the the essays on movies and like genres mm. where that kind of like the closer look he's uh, he was a really big I don't know where he is nowadays but like these a lot of YouTubers like kind of wrote essays on like what works what doesn't and then like they like compare it to like other films and they kind of like bridge it together and like I'm just exposed to so much that I've never even thought about or movies that I've never even heard of and you know it's really interesting perspective to see that you know going forward um you know stuff that i even thought about yeah. but like it's just for free on youtube so i'm like why not you know <laughs> yeah. it's a valuable resource it really is yeah absolutely, absolutely. i mean I, I respect people who go to you know school for film it's a difficult thing and maybe if i had that money and time and you know foresight of what i would be doing now maybe i would have done that but to those people that don't have the opportunity it's you know that doesn't mean it's the end Totally. No, definitely not. Yeah. Like, it's it's always inspiring just reading about people you look up to and um, just their paths. Like, it's so different, like, person to person. It's just, like, there's no yeah. right or wrong way to anything. You realize, like, there's no set blueprint for becoming a filmmaker or anything. It's just, it's just what you do with the cards you're dealt with and just, yeah. Like, it's pretty interesting. Like, what, what, um... What filmmaker kind of inspired you to, like, follow that pursuit? Like, I know, like, there's certain directors we talked about that are, like, influences on your work. But, like, which which filmmakers or people in the industry were, like, the ones that convinced you to make that your profession and go for that in your career? Um, You know, I don't know if there was one specifically. I know that John Waters is hmm. um, self-taught, you know, and he's a yeah. big uh, voice for, you know, doing it yourself. Um, Lloyd Kaufman um, from Troma. I, you know, worked on Troma's last feature and have a relationship wow. with them. Um, and wow. he's a big proponent and wrote a book called Make Your Own Damn Movie. Um, and is adamantly no film school, but I, 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 I think he went to Yale, um, possibly. For, yeah, he did go to film school. Um, but, you know, he's somebody who's been doing it for 40 years and, you know, says that you don't need to do it. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, there, there was no, like, person that was like, okay, no, you have to do this or you don't have to do this. I was just like, how can I make yeah. this happen? These are my resources. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, just just realizing that it's your personal passion and that's what that's what matters most. Like passion more than more than like seeing someone else do it. Just why not why not me, right? Like just just go for it. 
Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, I think one of the, for perhaps one of the best key aspects to becoming a filmmaker, well, from my experience, I think would have to be self-esteem and confidence. Like, mm. you need to know that you can do this. Like, you need, you need other people to, like, to compliment or motivate you more so that you can do this in a new day. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you don't have that. Like, sometimes there's a lot of haters and there's not, like, that inspiration and you just have to, like, as hard as it is, like, either believe in yourself or if you don't, because that's really difficult, like, prove them wrong. Like, I'm going to do this because they don't think that I can, you know? Um, and they're just talking and I don't see them doing anything. Or if exactly. they are, like, I want to make something better than them. Um, nice. Maybe that competitive mind is good in it, um, you know. But that that's a way to kind of light the fire under your ass. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and definitely. Just like I think, just reminding yourself that you're letting your yourself down if you don't do it right. Like you're only hurting yourself by not doing what you want to do or what you love. So. And if you don't take the opportunity, um, you know, when I first started, I was never a theater kid growing up. I had crippling anxiety. I used to eat lunch with the theater kids in the theater room, but I I was like a band kid. I, I couldn't get out there and, like, perform myself. I had to be within the crowd. And it wasn't until I was an adult. I went to college for music business. I had a job at Universal Publishing. Um, you know, granted it wasn't a great job. It was like entry level, but still it was, you know, I had like a prestigious life ahead of me, but then, you know, um, being creative was something that I always wanted to do, but I never had that confidence. And I just like crippling anxiety, really, really bad. My voice would shake every single time I had an audition or, you know, got on set. And uh, the only way to get through that is to just keep doing it, like go through that uncomfortable feeling because it'll yeah. get better. It, it might take a few years, but eventually it'll get better. And then one day that feeling will just go away and it's mm -hmm. great. But then there's also, you know, it's also good to have a little bit of, you know, humbleness and anxiety because um, <laughs> that does keep you grounded. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. So. So when you're when you're acting, do you ever feel like even if it's a different character that you've never tried before, or maybe that you're a little uncomfortable with, do you still try and keep that mindset, or are you do you still suffer from that like anxiety just a little bit when trying something new, or no? Uh, you know, it depends on the project and the expectations. You know, when you're going in for um, a role at Warner Brothers. Um, yeah, and you're auditioning yeah. in front of 10 executives. Yeah, that's Ooh. a really scary, um, trembling experience. But the way to prepare for that is to just rehearse as much as possible so that you don't have any doubt in yourself when you're doing that. Um, and there's no, and also there's no real way to kind of get over that heightened situation, but you do get better at it. And when I'm doing my personal projects, thankfully, no, thankfully, um, I don't have that expectation. I generally don't have that nerves a lot of times because it is my set and it is my production and also working, you know, on an indie scale, um, things are a little bit more comfortable, um, yeah, it, it, you know, project to project, but it, it has gotten better with experience and age, thankfully. Wow, that's good. That's good, yeah. Sometimes I still suffer from it, so, you know, it's nice to hear that it gets easier. It gets better. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> always a work in progress. Yeah, it is, yeah. 
it's like I'm even just doing these interviews like I still get nervous every time I like I'm the interviewer I'm the interviewer and I get nervous so it's like <laughs> I get it I'm a, you know I was a little nervous too you know I, and I think that's normal and, that, and that's kind of good yeah. you know yeah you need like a, an element of like nervousness like I think that actually helps you to like be on your toes a little bit but uh, yeah yeah I think I, it I, grounds I, you I, not to be an asshole yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's a good totally. point. Yeah, like okay. I can't even do like presentations very well. Like Brent and I, we we were usually like partners for group presentations, and I was like, I just I just look at the paper and I just like yeah, ask that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least you can tell me that. I I have to work on it. I have to work on it. It's it's hard. It's hard. It is. It is really hard. Especially when you have a bunch of peers like staring at you. Yeah. It's different than it's different than an audience, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, uh, Dane, Brendan, when you do these group presentations, do you do the like imagine that everyone's wearing their underwear? No, man. <laughs> I've I've heard of that. I'm like, is this an actual thing? I think it's just a myth that people just say, or it's like a it's like a trope or something. I don't know. I don't believe. Like a Wonder Years episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't know how you can do that because, like, anytime, like, it takes, like, to imagine, like, something at, like, such a grand scale, like, it takes, like, so much of you. And wouldn't that just take you out of the scene of what you're doing? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. But maybe it works for other people. Who knows? Yeah. Who I don't know. Knows? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> So I think, unfortunately, we are out of time. It has been an hour, roughly, 4.05. Big sad. Um, Kelly, just before we go, can you plug everything? I know there's kellypoke.net, which I am currently on. Great stuff there. Everybody should check that out. But anything else you want to, like an Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, that you want to direct people towards? Absolutely. Um, annoyingly so. Um, so definitely the 13th Fleur, and that's F-L-E-U-R, like the French flower. Um, so you can look at us on YouTube um, at 13th Fleur on Instagram. Also, my personal work on Instagram is partially.hydrogenated. Um, don't ask me to spell that. Um, I can, but you know, it's too long. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, kellypolk.net, partially.hydrogenated, 13th floor, and I think that pretty much covers everything. Also, 13th floor Twitter, we have like no followers. Help us out, guys. Oh. Dang, get on this. It's, like the one place where we're like really dwindling. Twitter, okay, okay. Yeah. I'll check this out. I can't wait to watch the rest of your stuff. I'm going to do that as soon as I end this. Thanks, so I appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank it's been you really so great talking coming. to you guys. Yeah, this has been amazing. Cool. Thank, Thank you so, you much, so Kelly. much, You're our second ever American guest, only third international guest so far in like two years. Wow. So this is really, this is really awesome. I feel fancy. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thank you so much. That was Kelly Polk from Brooklyn, New York. I'm saying your last name right. Polk? Yes, Polk? yes. Okay, yep. Kelly Polk. Like okay. the president. <laughs> that's that's right awesome well thank you guys have a great what day is it monday yeah have a great week i don't even know the day have a great week. <laughs> quarantine man quarantine <laughs> all right this is dm nick Manessis as well bye guys
Oh, I don't know how to turn this 